Dear Adam Silver, my name is Abigail Smithson, and as always, I am your host. So much has happened just since the last time I recorded an episode, and it is hard to comprehend all the news of heartbreak, stress, and suffering going on. I hope that all of you that are listening to this podcast are safe and well, and I know that as this virus continues to spread, we are all going to know more and more people impacted by it directly, including ourselves, and that is a really difficult thing to process. So for now, I know that all of us you know, need to stay home as much as we can and wash our hands. I'm reminding myself and everyone that soap and water is just as effective as a hand sanitizer. Also, getting enough sleep, eating fresh food, and getting fresh air away from other people are all important aspects of our well-being right now. There are a couple sort of little things I have been doing every day that make me feel less nervous about what's happening. One is asking friends and family to send me photos of their breakfast. I love seeing what everyone else is eating and just the idea of some kind of routine really helps. Um, The other is every night I'm lighting a candle and putting it in my front window that faces the street to acknowledge the lives that have already been lost and the people working on the front lines like grocery clerks, um, gas station employees, of course, doctors and nurses, people at hospitals, um, just everyone that's that's doing their job so that we can stay home. I think it's really important to acknowledge them. Um, at some point soon, I'm going to run out of candles and then I'm not going to be able to light any of them because I'm not just going to go to a store and buy some candles right now. So this is just what I'm doing right now to make me kind of feel connected uh, to outside world. Um, and of course, doing something that's both private within my house, but also public facing the street, the candle faces the street, that feels really important. And it makes me feel closer to the people I love and the people who are suffering. My guest today is my dear friend, Naomi Clement, who is an artist based outside of Toronto. Naomi is a potter, and we were in the same cohort in graduate school at LSU, which means that we laughed very hard together, cried very hard together, and oftentimes broke things. Maybe not always together, but um, Naomi is a working artist who makes her income from sales, teaching gigs, grants, and other funded opportunities for artists. Uh, She is on the pod today to talk about the financial distress many artists, including herself, are facing right now. And after working very hard to sustain her life as an artist and build up her career, watching this time unfold with a lot of uncertainty. We discuss what the role of the artist is in this situation and what we can offer, even if it is not our normal work or normal practice. I'm proud owner of a few of Naomi's pieces and feel lucky to get to live with her art every day. And during this time, as we discussed in the podcast, um, the things that are in my house have become even more important to me. Uh... So pottery is a part of that, definitely. Thank you to Naomi for coming on the pod. And as always, if you like this episode or you know someone who might like this episode, please share it. Please subscribe. Please rate and review. Okay. Thank you so much. So Naomi, we are very far away from each other right now um, in many ways, but thank you so much for coming on to discuss sort of the going through a pandemic as a independent working artist who relies on sort of 
being able to travel to places, sell your work, interact with people in order to sustain your life. Um, yeah. So hi, welcome. <laughs> hey, thanks so much for having me. It's, it's nice to talk to you. I of wish course. I could. We, I wish we could be in the same room. But. I know. I know. Everything <laughs> feels so far away. Like the grocery store I normally go to feels far away to me right now. Right. So it's I like know. having you in a different country. So for everyone listening, Naomi is in Canada. And can you can you name the town that you that yeah. you live in, Naomi? Yeah, I'm in uh, Stratford, Ontario, okay. uh, which is um, I guess it's about two hours southwest of Toronto. Um, yeah, so it's not it's not too far from the U.S. border. Actually, it's like maybe two hours from Buffalo and three hours from Detroit. Okay. Great. And you and I met back at LSU when I started coming around your studio to sometimes try and trade or shop <laughs> in your ceramics. Um, and yeah, we connected that first year in our one of our classes and just have been um, friends ever since. And one thing that I've watched since we met is how hard you've worked to be an independent working artist and what that has taken and to, you know, put in time to constantly sort of applying to things, whether that's residencies, fellowships, funding of some kind, like moving around to different places to sort of build up that, um, like build that life for yourself. Um, and yeah, it's just, I think that that's a really impressive thing to do. And not, I mean, not everyone, it's not, not everyone can do it. Not everyone necessarily wants to, but it's an impressive thing when it when it works out, and it has been working out really well. Um, and this pandemic has thrown everything into a total uh, tailspin for a lot of working artists, like and poets and 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 writers of all you know anything that is like considered non essential right now is is struggling. And so, and, and as much as it's hard to maybe sometimes be in that category of non-essential um, because I think that, you know, art and culture and all these things are essential to to a rich um, sort of filled life. But I um, it's tricky right now. This is a really difficult time. So if you want to talk about yeah. some of the, the things you've been up against the past couple of weeks with. Totally. Uh, yeah. That. I mean, I think it's in, I'm hoping that one of the, the, you know, silver linings of this is that, you know, while we're you know, I'm, I certainly wouldn't claim to be essential on the same level that, you know, my sister, my older sister's a doctor. Sure. Um, you know, that, that that is like frontline worker. But I think, you know, everyone in this forced time at home and, um, you know, not able to go out to our local bars or coffee shops or, you know, music venues or movies or anything like that, that we're really um, realizing how vital the arts are in that, you know, like if, if we took away all of our, you know, Netflix or movies, books, music, podcasts, you know, beautiful objects that make our home a nice place to be, you know, all of those crafty projects that we're doing to keep busy, all of those things, you know, I, I think this would be an incredibly bleak, bleak time. And it already feels pretty bleak. Sure. So um, I'm hoping that that's kind of uh, ends up being a silver lining from this and that people realize, you know, I think, uh, and, you know, there's some meme that gets shared on Facebook that, you know, all the people who, um, 
sort of are disdainful of the financial struggles of an artist or say, well, you should have just gotten a, you know, quote unquote, real job. Like I challenge you to go, go a week without any cultural content in your life, you know, and, and all these small businesses that really are important into to making our communities vital and vibrant places to be. Like, I think if we don't, if we want to come, you know, we're going to come out the other end of this, but we don't want to find ourselves in a world where Walmart and Dunkin' Donuts and McDonald's are our only options, you know? Right. So um, I, I think it's hopefully a bit of a gut check for society to realize the, the things that are important to us and, um, you know, those small businesses that, that keep things going. But Definitely. It, I think, oh, I was just going to say that since I've been yeah. spending so much time at home, I have been thinking more and more about the things that are at my house, literally, that I'm right. spending my time around. And most of it, I mean, I think that I've sort of gotten it down to this, like, greatest hits collection of things. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's just – they. Like the the cups that I'm drinking out of are really important. The plates that that we're using are important. Um, Eliseo has started this project of like every day he's drawing a different piece of our handmade ceramics collection. Yeah. So that in that sense, it's like even though like the the things that we already own are are like feeding us not just by what they the sort of the use that we we mm-hmm. get out of them, but also just sort of a little bit of inspiration. Like we have these things that artists have made that live with us that we get to kind of feed off of. Um, and yeah. well, and it helps you feel connected too yeah. to other people. You know, like I'm drinking a, a, some water out of a, a cup that uh, Adam Maestral, who you know made yes. um, a fellow grad colleague of ours that you were just hanging out with in in Kansas and. Yeah, it makes me, you know, think of him and the great times that we had together and, you know, all of those things. So it's, they're nice ways to sort of feel connected. Definitely. And yeah, I just think it's, it's, and it may be, I mean, I think that I maybe notice these things regularly, but definitely in times like this where everything feels, just everything that we're doing feels a little bit more, um, dramatic or highlighted in yeah. some way that it's yeah. just like that the actions that we're taking because there are fewer actions that we're taking it feels charged it feels yeah, charged sure. so it's like yeah. the like picking out the mug I'm gonna you know use in the morning is like this very careful process now when it was before it was like oh just dump out the whatever was in right. the day before and like rinse it out you know it's like okay I'm gonna sort of spend more time w- with these things which I don't think is such a bad thing I, I think that there's this awful thing that's happening that's causing some slowing down in every aspect of our lives including financial which is really like can be very problematic but there's these other sort of outcomes of this that that aren't so bad yeah I mean I think what what's been tough for me honestly as a you know artist I'm a full-time artist at the moment Um, I was sort of looking into getting some you know part-time work at some local arts organizations to sort of help help things because I'm I'm also a sing you know I'm single so it's just my income um and which is stressful at the best of times, sure, <laughs> let yes. alone these that, you know, feel like the end times in many ways. And so it's, I think it's also, you know, it, it, it's, it started out as sort of little things, you know, like, or, or things that felt big at the time, but then now they just like keep adding up. Like, um, you know, there's a, 
and I know you've heard me talk about um, the ceramics conference called Ensika that happens in a different U.S. city every year. And it was supposed to, it was supposed to, I would be there right now. Like it was supposed to be this week, um, you know, March uh, sure, yeah. 26th to whatever uh, in Richmond, Virginia. And they, they canceled that a couple of weeks ago and I'd already, you know, that, so that's a conference where, you know, thousands, probably six, 7,000 people from across the world, you know, come and convene and there's, you know, demonstrations and talks and lectures and exhibitions and sale of work and, and so I really, as someone who spends all my time alone in the studio and, you know, I'm usually pretty okay with that, but I really count on, you know, reconnecting with my community at events like that. Sure. And, and also, so it was a big blow community wise and that I, I knew I would get to see all my friends there. Uh, and, you know, the ideas that happen when you're together with people in a creative capacity that, you know, whether it's ideas for new shows or, or, um, you know, an, an, an article or, you know, anything, um, that sort of trying to, um, to calculate what that is, is, is impossible. Sure. But, um, it, it, but it's also a place that a lot of us sell a lot of work. Like I was banking on, you know, as a, as a single self-employed artist, I sort of try and think like, okay, what do I have next month that's happening? Like, so that, you know, I have sort of steady enough income coming in and I sort of was already looking ahead like okay well I know in April I'll be getting commission checks from Ensika and that would you know that accounted to probably at least a month's worth of income if not more and that's just pretty much gone I mean those galleries are trying to do some online sales but um, you know so I'll recoup some of that but not all of it because the reality is you know everyone's feeling pinched right now or so many people are um, so it's, you know, it's those sales and then it was, you know, so it was that, that got canceled and that was a big blow. And then, you know, a workshop that I was supposed to, to be teaching, um, at the end of May got canceled. And then, you know, something just yesterday in July that I was counting on, you know, got canceled. And so that's like the next, you know, four months of my income that I, I had already, you know, I'd done the work to get those workshops and line all that up and, and shows and, and exhibitions and applied for grants to do some of them. And so it's just all kind of disappeared and, um, which is, you know, I think I'm still just kind of shell-shocked from it, to be honest. Sure. Uh, it's, it's and so, then it, oh, I was just going to say, it's crazy that people are telling us, I mean, everyone is telling each other. I mean, it seems like a common thread is, oh, let's take this one day at a time, yeah. which is difficult when, like, you know that the thing that you're supposed to do, like, four months or three months yeah. from now is also canceled. It's like, well, right. not everyone is taking this one day at a time, you know? Yeah, yeah. Totally. No. And I've been, you know, I, and my, I, I'm totally an overthinker and I, I struggle with anxiety, you know, at the best of times. And, and, you know, uh, three weeks ago I was feeling, you know, pretty good about things like, okay, I, you know, I can make this work like this. I took, had a leap of faith, sort of this moving home and I, um, I have a home here and a home sure. studio. Um, and that was a big leap of faith. And I was starting to feel like, okay, this is, coming together it's okay you made the right decision and now it's just all gone and I you know so it's it's kind of gut-wrenching in that way and then also terrifying 
financially and, and not knowing what's next. And, um, so, you know, just trying to, to figure that out. And, and then there's the other logistical stuff. And then, you know, I was supposed to pick up a bunch of clay and other materials when I was in the U S and so I've been scrambling to try and figure that out. And, um, yeah. And it, you know, it's, I, I'm sort of trying to be cautious about how much I share about this online. Cause I don't want to sort of be doom and gloom, but I also, you know, with my Instagram in particular, I, I try and keep it like a dose of reality there. Sure. And, and I want, I am also wanting people to know because the reality, the reality is there are a lot of people, you know, I tend to think like, oh my gosh, everyone is just devastated by this financially. But there are a lot of people that aren't affected directly, you know, financially from this, whether they have salary jobs or, um, you know, or are in industries that are, are still going and, you know, and doing well in these kind of times. Um, you know, so I'm trying to be, slightly vocal about the fact that those people, you know, I really hope that they'll support artists and small businesses and their local coffee shop. Like I, I live in a tourist town and we have a, a theater festival here every summer. And, you know, that's a huge draw to the town and, and there's so many restaurants here. And that's like sort of the lifeblood of the community. And, you know, all of that sort of postponed for the next couple of months. And that means, you know, some of those restaurants aren't going to be able to open back up. And, um, so, yeah, it's, it's it's hard. I mean, and I'm I'm sort of trying to take it day by day. I've I've found it honestly, you know, it, it's funny because I I work from home. So I'm I'm used to being at home, like mm-hmm. unlike a lot of people who are, you know, like talking about our friend, mutual friend, Adam, who's like classic extrovert, social distancing is not his thing at all. (laughs) I'm normally, you know, I'm pretty good at social distancing already. And so it's not a huge change for me, but I've, I've been, you know, I've, it's also made me realize how much I really do count on those small interactions in my community, whether it's going to a yoga class um, and connecting with people there or, or just going to my local coffee shop and working on a grant, but in a coffee shop where I'm surrounded by other people and, and get to, you know, maybe interact with the barista or whatever, you know, just little things like that, that are now, you know, not happening. Right. And especially I think, I mean, so where I am in Tucson, there are, because it's a little bit warmer here this time of year, like there mm-hmm. are a bunch of people like exercising outside that yeah. I, I'm actually seeing like way more people on the streets in my neighborhood mm. than I used to. Cause I think that people are not either going to the gym or they're, right. um, they're working from home and it's just easier to take a walk or whatever it is. They're needing that time outside. And Mm-hmm. Um, so, but also there's this like dance of like, you know, you're not gonna, there's no, almost no interaction because everyone's mm-hmm. kind of worried and scared, um, of like what, you know, the person across that's like walking across the street from them or crossing the street in front of them or whatever it is like has going on. So we're kind of all like scurrying around whenever you see someone else, um, yeah. which is, yeah, I mean, I think it's just, uh, the other day I went to this small grocery store near my house and I like, I mean, I just wasn't, it was one of the first grocery stores I'd gone to since like things had started closing down and stuff like that. And I just, 
I accidentally like walked up to the guy who owns it and was like, hey, like, how's it going? Like, I got way closer to him than six feet because I wanted to like check in on on him. And, And then I realized like, oh, this is, you know, I'm supposed to be kind of in here just doing like working in this like small space space like this bubble rather than um yeah so it's just a uh a weird thing to adjust to and like the little interactions definitely play a role in that yeah yeah and I've also you know I think I know I'm not the only one who's more you know anxious and stressed out about stuff and so I've, I've just been finding it really hard to focus in the studio you know um for any length of time where I would normally be able to put in you know a full day's work I'm I'm not getting anywhere near that right now because I'm just you know struggling to to focus and 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 feel motivated too because you know the reality for me at least as an artist I'm very deadline driven um (laughs) you know I when I'm when I'm in the thick of production for something in the studio I'm always like oh I wish I had time to explore this idea but now that I have all this time I'm finding it hard hard to be motivated because all my all my deadlines are now gone um so yeah it's tricky and I think it's the gone without ever knowing when things might be normal again that's the most intimidating because like let's say all of these things were uh put like canceled but then you knew that come August like everything would start it's just it's hard right now because we don't know when things we don't have anything to work towards and I mean I think that you know some like like you're saying with your practice you're making work to sell to show for for these different events and things like that and not every artist has those types of deadlines but still working towards something whether it's a book or a um an exhibition or whatever it is like that can be uh a lot of motivation and when you yeah. lose that motivation after like sort of learning how to work in a partnership with it it then mm-hmm. is like oh what's the not what's the point because we know what the point is of making artwork yeah. and what value it has but it's just like it's just hard to just make um indefinitely yeah and i think that was what was really hard you know we we're sort of talking um about how you know I had a tough day yesterday because that one thing in July got canceled and that was sort of what I was like okay well I'll just make works for that you know I'll, sure. I'll get ahead and I'll, I'll make stock for that and now that's gone and, and so um you know it's nice yeah I think as humans we want we need like higher bigger purpose but it's also nice to have you know sort of smaller you know goals to like break things up Right. And just this idea of, um, you know, I I constantly catch myself saying like, oh, if I had more of this or when, you know, I have more time. And now it's like it's it is hard when things just there's kind of I've had to sort of really refocus on like, okay, what exactly do I need to do today that can like lessen my stress for tomorrow rather than it being like, oh, I want to try this new type of whatever you know and um that's kind of it's tricky I think I'm hoping the longer that if this you know as this period of time extends that possibly the routines could be developed within this this situation that feel like we are working towards something or you know like as we move through it and and it feels as though it might eventually be coming to and end before it even ends you might have things 
to work towards. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That it won't always feel so like unstructured and like everything is is just crashing. Yeah. There has to be. I think the other tricky thing is that um, I'm not sure statistically how this works, but I feel like a lot of times it's artists supporting other artists, especially with ceramics. Um, And so since artists are being hit pretty hard by the situation, artists who are not employed full time are being hit pretty hard by this. It's hard to like, I, I mean... It, it's just hard to get that same level of support from people who are in a similar position. Yeah. 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 I think a lot of the, you know, sales have dried up, you know, there were, but there are, there are still people buying stuff, um, you know, trying to be super supportive. That's but, great. Um, yeah. So no, it, it's good. And people are, you know, I, th- I think um, it is heartening to see, you know, people reaching out and, and everyone connecting and, and trying to, you know, work through it all, all together. Right. Um, and I think that sure. your willingness to share some of your, like your stress or your concerns and your experiences so openly on Instagram is not, I, I just really appreciate it because um, it's not something that I'm able to, I don't feel comfortable or I haven't made, it's not that anyone's making me feel that mm-hmm. I shouldn't do that, but I haven't figured out a way to do that in a in a way that feels comfortable for me. So I just think that we're all dealing with this on different levels, of course, but just as far as like the stress and anxiety and like fears go. And it's so, when I've read some of your posts on Instagram, it's been really comforting because then I see like other people commenting and whatever. And it's just like, oh yeah, we're not alone in this. This is a struggle for all of us. Yeah. And thank you. That's nice to hear. I think, you know, that's why I I try and do it, you know, and keep it real. Cause if, you know, whenever I share something like that, I often get, you know, a bunch of other people like, yeah, me too. I'm having, you know, I'm really struggling to get motivated. And I thought it was just me and I'm feeling, you know, feeling guilty about not, you know, being in the studio all the time, but I'm super stressed. Um, you know, I think it's also important to put it into perspective and in that, you know, I was talking to my mom and, she's in her, you know, mid late seventies. And she said, this is the biggest thing that she's ever lived through in her lifetime. And so that was, it just sort of, you know, I think it's, it keeps, I keep thinking like, okay, you know, it's going to, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Um, but to, to sort of just hear that perspective was like, okay, holy shit. Like this is a really big, this is a really big thing that's happening. And I think, also, you know, what I said in that post, what I posted today to Instagram, realizing, you know, we're all sort of collectively grieving <laughs> this, you know, our old lives as sure. as lucky and privileged as that is. We're still, you know, we're still grieving them not existing anymore and not knowing when, you know, when we're going to get back to that. Um, and it's right. Scary. Or even if we should get back to all right. of it, because there's been such a sort of I mean, so much is becoming so much is coming undone, and the, my other recent podcast guest, um, Abdi Farah, was just saying that this whole situation is like shining a big flashlight on every sort of like systematic injustice uh, within. Of course, you and I are operating within different like political and social systems in right. Canada versus the U.S., but that we're seeing why things don't, you know, that we are only as healthy as the most unhealthy person in our well, city, you know, exactly. That You know, I saw someone say, you know, this has really sh- shown why like health is not private. 
you know, we think of it as this very private thing, but it's public, you know, and that, um, you know, especially with things like this, like we, we realize that, yeah, as you said, we're only as strong as, as our weakest, um, weakest point. Uh, Right. And just the idea. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, I was gonna say too, you know, with, you know, realizing how, you know, all these jobs that people, talk about as low skilled but mm, like yes. I'm sorry wh- where would we be without the people restocking the grocery stores or you know the checkout person at the grocery store who probably honestly want would prefer to be at home with their kids because they're scared about getting sick or with their you know ailing parents and you know who are out there you know doing all you know yeah. keeping society together while everyone else is at home um, and how important those those jobs are to our society. And so, um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, that's absolutely right. And it's so just thinking also about people who have these sort of, um, pre-existing conditions that make them more, uh, sort of, um, they can more easily contract the, the virus in a, in a detrimental way that that's also, I mean, that's something that, you know, I never thought, I know, you know, you don't think about other people's health or like, you know, what they've experienced before, whether it's like they're recovering from cancer or they have a heart condition or whatever it is. It's like, that's also part of how we live as a community now, that there are people that, that came into this situation, like already like a little bit with a disadvantage. Um, Mm -hmm. And then of course, like they get, it's just, it's all these things like you're saying, like private. And of course, this word private is so like such a buzzword because it's like private health care versus public health care. Right. But it is. I mean, it everyone's health kind of like we need to feel that like we're responsible for everybody's health. And that's not. Um, and again, I'm speaking <laughs> as a citizen of the United States. That's not something that that um, we've been sort of not trained, but that's not part of our psyche that like the community's health matters more than my individual health or that my individual health affects the community health. Um, So that's been a real, it's hard to just get when you have this um, concept, this idea of individualism and that that is above all liberty and freedom and, um, you know, like make sure you can protect yourself, your individual, your family unit, like whatever, all this stuff. It's hard to flip a switch and and say that that we all need to watch out for each other and be careful and give up things that we enjoy doing or or places we enjoy being in order to to benefit like someone you've never met that lives three states away. You know, it just it's. It's really unfortunate, and I think that potentially there's this opportunity. I'm so scared to jinx any of this, but potentially there's an opportunity that we could improve as a collective after this mm-hmm. is over. But I don't want to jinx that, and I'm, as I usually end up doing on yeah. every podcast, I'm knocking on the inside <laughs> of my closet door. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. That, it, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I as I said, I've you know, in Canada, we have, a, you know, public health care. And, um, and so, you know, I think we're in a much better situation to deal with this. Our, our system is certainly not perfect by any means. Sure. Uh, it does have its issues. But, you know, at the end of the day, I like that, you know, the, you know, homeless person on the street is able to get care, you know, get the same level of care as, as anyone else. And, and, and then also what position, you know, it means that the single mom 
working three jobs is is going to take her kid to the hospital or or go to the hospital or go to the doctor because you know she's not her first thought isn't oh my gosh how am I going to afford this right. I'm, like I can't afford to do that and so it it does make it means you know we're I think all safer as a result of that if you know even if you just put it down in that way but um sure I mean just the idea that um you yeah can your first thought when you're going to the doctor is not about money um that's a huge so sort of like social security net um for for everyone and and um i i hope that that's is sometime a reality for for us here (laughs) um yeah so i mean i also wanted to because I think that when you're talking about these, like, sort of the Instagram posts you've been writing about your current experience as an artist and as, like, you know, yourself, who you are, mm-hmm. um, I think that that touches on something that I'm interested in talking about because if the making isn't happening, and I think it's mm. it's maybe the answer to the this experience isn't maybe to, like, make a bunch of things. I don't know, but maybe that you know, slowing down a little bit is is an okay thing because everything is slowing down. So it's almost like pushing forward and and making a bunch of stuff is kind of like going against this like other like wave, um, which isn't it's not necessarily a bad thing either. But I'm just wondering, like, is that can the thing that you're making right now be the Instagram post? I mean, can that be like mm-hmm. your contribution as an artist is right. is this is sort of like, you know, giving giving people a space to feel you know that they're allowed to to feel like this is hard for me that's okay to recognize that this is hard for me even if there's people that are having a harder time this is still hard for me and and you're kind of like giving some permission there yeah no I think well and that's I sort of came to this place with my Instagram about a year ago um because it you know my Instagram is a public account it it's professional in that you know it I'm mostly posting about my work on there but it's also you know I I am my you know quote-unquote brand so it it's also personal as well and anyways I was talking to um, one of my galleries in the U.S. and sort of you know when I was doing this more full-time and and Instagram is where I get a lot of um inquiries about workshops or work and stuff like that. So I was, you know, at that point I wanted to try and grow my follower base and get more followers. And I was talking to my friend Eric about it and saying like, Hey, you know, you've got a lot of followers. How do you do that? And he's like, well, you know, here's what you should, you know, post your stories all the time, da, 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 this, this, and this. And he's like, post to Instagram once a day, but it, you know, it has to be good content, you know, visually interesting, blah, blah, blah. And so I tried that for a week <laughs> and, and I hated it sure. I hated it I just became so resentful of the the platform and the process because it it takes time to make good content like anytime I have one of those more lengthy posts or like more thoughtful um like I write you know I write those down on my computer I think about it I go and edit it I you know I, sure. I'm thoughtful about the words that I put out there um, and so, you know, and, and then the photograph as well, like that, that takes time. And, and so anyways, I sort of through that process of doing it, you know, trying to post once a day, I realized, you know what, this 
if this is going to be sustainable and a platform that is authentic to me, like it needs to remain, I need, I need to enjoy it and it needs to feed my creative process, not just be about promotion. So it needs to be about whether it's, you know, being honest about stuff or asking questions or trying to engage with people or, or sharing some of my uncertainties. Um, it needs to, I've, I've sort of realized that it needs to be that space. It needs to remain authentic. And, it, and I mean, there's certainly things that I don't share there, um, you know, more you know, private stuff or whatever, because it is still a, a professional space, but for me, but um, yeah, I, you know, and I think people for the most part connect to that, which is nice. Uh, yeah. And I think also knowing, um, I think that as an artist, I've become a little bit like, I just the the people whose work that I have on the walls and whose pots I have on the shelf and all these things like I feel really lucky that I know a lot of those people and mm -hmm. I know about them and I know who they are and for many of the pieces I know why they made what they made and I really think that that's a very special experience and so sharing more about yourself and your um your personal experience it is also makes the work, the physical work, like richer and more interesting, I think. Yeah, I remember once you, uh, I think you were looking at, I don't, know, I don't remember the artist, but someone's work online that you really liked, but you, I remember you texting me, I was at a residency, you were like, do you know this person? Are they nice? Like, <laughs> I don't, you know, if they're, if they're an asshole, I don't want their work in my house. <laughs> I know. And I, I love, I really, I love that. I thought that was really great. Well, I feel um, like if I, I've like sat on your couch and cried before, like, I, I mean, I just like, there's yeah. like these levels of intimacy. And then I have like these yeah. things that people have made that I feel so close to because I know that person. And then it's like, I can't just be like, have like some random stuff, you know, like right. it needs, I need to maintain that level in some way, or, or at least like know that that yeah. person whose work I'm, I'm supporting and, and buying is, is, um, is is like a positive force in some way right um yeah. so yeah i definitely i i um i'm standing by that i you might get another one of those the economy bounces back and everything yeah, yeah. no i i just um yeah i think that that i've set i have this like very high standard it's mostly just from going to graduate school and being surrounded by people making work all the time and feeling really mm -hmm. close to their work like this is such a weird experience but when i was just at the lawrence art center with with adam i like I just, I saw one of his older pieces, maybe from the first um, year of grad school, and just like the, 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 that sort of aqua that he was using, that turquoise, yeah. and I was just like, God, I am so lucky that I have, I have felt so close to your work at so many different stages, um, and that you can't, you can't buy that, you know, and um, it was just this thing of thinking, like, that makes me feel closer to you as a person. I mean, I mean, I could say that to you. I can say that to Jody and to, to Adam and to, to Grace and to all these people. I've seen like this sort of shift over time in their work. And it's just, um, it's a really powerful thing that not everyone gets to experience. So it's just, um, yeah, we're, we're lucky in that way. Yeah. So sure. what? Well, and I think. Oh, yes, please. Oh, I, I was just going to say, I think, 
objects, you know, there's this quote I love and it, it's actually about, you know, I like to cook and look at cooking magazines and it was sort of about food and how in our increasingly digital age, food is this refuge for people seeking something tangible um, and, they, and grounding. And I think that pots, you know, handmade pots and handmade objects do that as well. There's sort of like something grounding and, and centering about them. Yes, and I think they belong to a specific space. Um, so you always come back to that sort of shelf, you come back to the table, you come back to your oven, or even just, I know that I really enjoy washing ceramics. Like, I don't want to wash mm. the silverware. I don't want to wash the strainer <laughs> or the pan. Yeah, yeah. But I'm like, oh, this, like, beautiful, colorful, like, right. you know, sparkly sometimes object. Like, yeah, yeah, I will, like, run this under some hot water and soap, you know? So yeah, that's cool. I think that, yeah, there's, like, they're, it's so, it's, they're not, like, you know, we had talked about this when both of us, the year after we graduated from grad school, both of us were kind of moving around a bunch mm-hmm. and we would talk to each other about how we just wanted to unpack our ceramics and have them all in the same place and look at them and and have that kind of be you know a collective piece of art just one big piece of art the ceramics and um again it's like you can't have that when you're not sort of in that in that place where you where you sort of have some kind of routine or you come back to that physical location so what is happening? Um, what's the word on the street um, and the current events in Canada right now about the coronavirus, regarding the coronavirus? Yeah, so um, the province that I'm in has declared a state of emergency. Um, I think most provinces have. Um the prime minister, our, our prime minister, Justin Trudeau, he's actually been in self-isolation. I think he's coming up on his two weeks because his wife, Sophie Gregoire Trudeau, she had she has the coronavirus. I think, you know, she has a like it's doing OK. Sure. But um, he's been self-isolating, but he's been doing addresses to the country every day at 11 Um or 11.15, does like a, a press conference um, where he sort of announces, you know, whether it's new measures in, in place. Like last last week, there were a bunch of, and I feel like I've totally lost track of what day of the week it even is. Sure, um, what does it matter? <laughs> I know, <laughs> like, right? No more weekends, like yeah. <laughs> Anyways, last week there were, you know, it was sort of, I listened to the, the first few days because it was, you know, it was like all of these sort of sweeping things, like no gatherings of, more than 50 people, uh, you know, shutting down sort of, and then shutting down the border. I mean, it's not a hard shut with the border, the U S Canada border, because I, I mean, he can't really do that in terms of that. Our country just really relies on, on food from the U S um, cause our, your growing season is longer than ours. Um, so in that trade, you know, I know there was a lot of back and forth, I think with your president about that, that border shut down. Um, yeah. And then, so we're in a state of emergency. Um, they just, it's sort of been in incremental measures, you know, they, um, banned gatherings of more than, you know, so many people. Um, and then just yesterday they've closed all non-essential businesses, but, and that restaurants and restaurants and bars, unless they did takeout last week, were closed. Um, and then, you know, 
like places like gyms, all of, all of those kind of plate library, like the libraries closed, all of that. And then they just increasing that to non-essential businesses, but the, their list of non-essential is still pretty broad. Like the post office, um, you know, office, like office supply stores, things like that. Our hardware store, I think is still considered essential because, you know, people still have pipes that break and, you know, whatnot. So it's sort of gradually, we're, we're basically being asked to stay home. Um, It's not forced yet. Uh, Like it's, but we're, I mean, I think I'm in a small town where it, it seems like most people are, are staying home. I was, you know, I had to go to the pharmacy today to pick up some medicine and, you know, it was pretty, pretty empty. And there's sort of signs on all the doors saying, you know, please respect social distancing, like stand on this tape mark when you're, you know, talking to the pharmacist, all, all that kind of thing. Um, but I, I think, you know, I think like everywhere, there's some people who are taking it more seriously than others. Um, my sister, she's a doctor in Toronto and she's actually working at one of the testing sites. Okay. Um, in Toronto, I think they're also, they're sort of because of lack of tests, you know, available test kits, they're they're no longer testing everybody. It's sort of um, she she's been sending sort of email updates. It's like if you're a frontline worker, you know, whether it's a nurse or doctor or someone working in a jail or a nursing home or you know some someone like that who's who's you know their potential to to infect a lot of people is much larger than mine where like I work at home. And so if I were to get symptoms, I wouldn't be tested. I mm-hmm. would just be told to like go home, uh, you know, self-isolate, like quarantine yourself. Um, I feel like our government has been handling it pretty well, to be honest. Um, I feel like we're, you know, things were tightening up a couple of weeks ago. And I think they're kind of in it for the long haul, whatever it takes. And I, I feel, I mean, I'm sure there's stuff they're not telling us because, uh, but I think, you know, I think they're taking it seriously and putting measures in place so that um, to keep us safe. And, you know, I'm just trying to be, you know, it's hard because I'm usually the kind of per- like I live like, a block and a half from the grocery store and I'll sometimes I'll go to the grocery store like three times a week just like oh I feel like making this for dinner and sure yeah you know and and it's hard to break those habits and um or like today when I was at the pharmacy it's like oh well I could pick up some other things but I'm you know just trying to to be conscious of the number of contacts that, you know, like I had to get the, the medicine, Yeah. but you know, if I wanted, you know, they had like ice cream and stuff there as well, but I was like, well, that I'd have to go through another cashier line, sure. and, you know, and handle more suraces. So I should just like limit my groceries to when I absolutely need to get stuff. <laughs> Hold off and, on the ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> as a non-essential. Cream, <laughs> but non-essential. we do, we need things like ice cream right now. We I mean, do. I just, I've been feeling so, when I've been at the grocery store, I've just been 
I mean, I am normally a like a little bit out of a, at a time type of person too. I think right. that's because I lived in yeah. New York City for a while, and it's like you right. know, it's so easy to just run down to the corner, get whatever you need, run back. Like I, you know, I barely needed a bag, a shopping mm-hmm. bag for a long time. Like there's so so little at a time, mm-hmm. and now I just feel like such an asshole getting like six tomatoes or whatever. You right. know, like like just more of something than than I'm. Uh, used to getting it's more like I would get like eight or ten tomatoes now but anyways it's just it's it feels not uh I mean and that's not even that extreme so I can't I mean I can't imagine you know buying like you know 40 rolls of toilet paper like it's just so the little little shifts like that are really um yeah can make a big difference in how we kind of like interact yeah yeah and I think the hope you know the the key you know, and to all those people who are like, oh, it's just, a, you know, it's just a flu, like, it, you'll be fine. And, and what happens is, you know, when so many people get the flu at once, it floods, you know, it then floods the ER and doctor's offices um, with all these people. And then it diverts resources. And then, you know, as I've heard the, the governor of uh, New York sort of like they need 30,000 more respirators and they've only got, you know, they're not yeah. really getting the help they need. And and the reality is that, you know, there's only so many respirators. And so, you know, it's doctors are being forced to make like horrendous decisions that no one should have to make. Like, who do I give this respirator to? Right. And um, I mean, for, and that is is abstract in some sense until it's like you know that could be someone I know or that could be yeah. me that that you know and I and and um someone that you love like whatever it is it's just it it can happen it seems like this can happen it happens very quickly I mean it is happening very quickly now and yeah um there's a really weird it's so weird uh, right now just this sort of kind of tension and fights between the governors and the federal government and me being really thankful that there are some governors who I know that let's say if Donald Trump says oh yep back to normal in a couple weeks like let's do it you know if April 15th he's like whatever I know that there are governors who are going to say no and and the the president will have very little power to like override I mean, it will be yeah. a lot of like litigation to override like the government's right. decision, which is kind of like, like that is like the con- a bit of what I understand like conservative politics to be is that like it's uh, the states have more power than the federal government. Mm. Um, so, in some ways, I'm on board with that because um, there are governors that are taking like the proper steps to and and and, right. and leading in the situation. There's also governors that that are not. And I wish in the case of Arizona, where the weather is really warm and people are mm-hmm. less likely to be staying, wanting to stay right. in their houses right now. You know, I mean, and this is going to get harder and harder as it warms up in yeah. places where there's actually been a real winter. Uh, yeah. I wish that our, our governor, um, Doug Ducey, was a little bit more concerned about this and taking m- more measures um, yeah. in order to be proactive rather than reactive. But, you know, you he like... hasn't asked me what I think. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like here, you know, because our, you know, Trudeau is liberal and, you know, our uh, premier, which is the um, equivalent to a governor, the premier of Ontario, Doug Ford, he's conservative, but I feel like, you know, and they normally, they butt heads, or, you mm-hmm. know, Trudeau and him, but I think 
you know, it, it feels like it's all hands on deck and it, that every, you know, everyone's chipping in and, and helping out. And I feel like, you know, some, even though I don't agree with our premier's politics in many ways, I think he's for the most part doing a good job of this, you know, and Je my sister Jenny was saying that it's actually really refreshing to see everyone working together so well when normally there's lots of, you know, just politicking back and forth and she's right. like no in the hospitals like people are just really chipping in and like getting stuff done without all the you know back and forth and bureaucracy that often happens and so she was saying that it's actually really refreshing right and that's why i think that there shouldn't there shouldn't be so much of that now in in this sense that there's like a blueprint for how to respond to this type of situation because yeah. you know of course like the other many administrations before the Trump administration have have needed to be aware of what might happen if there was a pandemic and how to handle it and all of these things. Yeah. I mean, it's it's people are it's just like there's people who like specialize in this that work for the government. Like, it's just crazy that it, there's still like, well, why he can't was we telling just people to go to church? He said that he hoped everyone would be at church on, you know, <laughs> Easter Sunday. And it's oh. like, no, that is not what. Anyways, um, no, it's, you know, it's just ter I mean, it's just such a um, must be scary for you all. Sure. I mean, I think it's just um, I think that I could choose to listen and follow the news less and I could feel better because when I step right. outside my house and I go for a walk um, and mostly so far, my experience at the grocery store has not been like overly um, scary or stressful either, but. I also feel this obligation to because, you know, it's like the, the most vulnerable people are the ones yeah. that are going to be affected by the the current events and the breaking news and like the whatever things that are, are being decided. I feel like I need to be up on that. And it's so awful. And um, I just want I mean, I don't I don't know how this all will end in any way, including the Trump presidency i mean mm -hmm. of course i'm hopeful it will end asap <laughs> but um it's just there's so many it's just i don't understand how it's all going to work itself out in a way uh, that yeah. is okay for the majority I'm, of people in this country yeah i remember i was listening to this thing on the cbc which was our equivalent of npr mm -hmm. uh radio and um you we were talking about you know i guess you know, apparently one of the things that Kennedy said when they were dealing with the Cuban Missile Crisis, he said, you know, I want like, let's think about how we want to be remembered in history for how we dealt with this crisis. And I just thought that was such a refreshing way to think of it, you know, in terms of that it's not about your own reelection. It's about like, what is let's think big picture about this and what is the best thing, you know, for our people and our country that may be hard in the short term. Right. And by hard, it means for the majority of people, I mean, it means for a lot of people, like the hardness is staying home. Yeah. The hardness is giving up some activities you might like to do in order to keep yourself safe. The hardness is not giving into your um, concerns about having like the most, uh, yeah. you know, as far as like toilet paper goes or food goes, like stocked up for, you know, the next six months. Um, for a lot of people, that is the thing that we need to let go of. And it's hard. Again, it comes back to this idea of like, well, I need to get mine, you know, mm -hmm. for I, like not thinking. Yeah. And I mean, that that 
um, JFK quote is spot on because um, I don't know how to particularly articulate this exactly like perfectly, but I don't want a bunch of people to die so that the economy can get back to normal. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, I that's not a, like spiritually, that's, that will be doomed, you yeah. know, as a, as a, as a, I mean, aside from just like the pain and, and suffering that will come from that, just like, that's not a good way to have your, have your society function is that, um, uh, we have to sacrifice. I mean, this is just so absurd that that's what's being discussed in the mm-hmm. some of the right wing media, which mm-hmm. is unfortunately things that our president says too. <laughs> so right. the most absurd takes also come out of the president's mouth. Oh my gosh, it's just what a f- god. I mean, just worse timing as far as like the person that you want in charge for this. Right. Well, and I imagine that there are a lot of people who don't trust what the government is is saying, you know, and, and and don't trust them to handle it well, which just adds to anxiety and stress about everything. Um, So, yeah, no, I've been thinking about everyone in the U S and how, you know, much more charged everything is down there. I think than it is here in some ways. I mean, we're still dealing with that economic and fallout, but, um, I, at least I feel, you know, I, I feel like Trudeau's dealing with it well, at least. And, and you know, I, I feel, yeah, confident about what my government is doing for the most part. Gosh, that's such a nice sentence. I feel confident about what my government is doing for the most part. Like, yeah. I just, I would love to, um, I would love to, in a day not so far from now, I'd love to say the same thing um, yeah. and maybe, you know, put it on a bumper sticker or something. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I think that also what you were saying about, when you go to conferences and stuff like the the sort of things that can come from meeting up with other potters, ceramicists, whoever, like other artists, just like the the sort of collaborations and and the events that then come out that 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 one event at the at Ensika leads to, and I just feel like that gives me a little bit of um, I'm just I'm basically trying to say I'm glad that we're that we're doing this because this is another way of making something that we're recording this podcast and like sharing these ideas and, and having that space is, is helpful because, um, yeah, I just think that like, it's another way that we can interact as artists that might not be, you know, traditional in a sense, but it's still sort of like you were saying, creating like content in a sense. Yeah. 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 Good. Thank you for inviting me to talk with well, thanks for being so open and willing, and I really appreciate it. And um, okay, well, I will keep you posted, and we will talk soon. Send me some photos of anything delicious you put on a plate. Okay. All right. Okay. Talk to you later. Take care. Yeah. Much love to you both. You too. Bye. Okay.